Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend yeah. of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> I'll say for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreoncom motcu. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie. And we are back with part two of About Time. Uh, we left off with uh, Tim and, and uh, Mary having a conversation at the party. Uh, they decided to go out for some appetizers. Um this goes very well. They have some great conversation about her job, his job. She is a reader for a publishing house that he, he makes fun of, which is pretty funny. Um, she lets him know. He lets her know that he's a lawyer. She finds that sexy. Uh, so when they're done with dinner, she asks if uh, Tim can walk her to her car. And it turns out, and I found this in the trivia, that they walk for a very long time. And Tim even makes a comment that uh, we walked for a very long time. In real time, in the real world, the two addresses are six miles apart. <laughs> so we know they didn't walk six miles, but they walked a very long time. It's when they get close to her car, when they get to her car, she admits that, yeah, my, my car is parked in front of my apartment. She just wanted to spend more time with him. Because again, why? She's in love with them already. Well, yeah, I mean, it's called Stockholm Syndrome. Yes. Oh, yes, Exactly. <laughs> Wait, so this, she, that, that's what you had. <laughs> just, she invites. She, <laughs> I didn't have stuff. Oh, <laughs> Bingo, Bingo, Bongo. <laughs> but she's Swedish. Yes, that's exactly yes. what happened. Uh, uh. So it's uh, Mary. Mary invites Tim upstairs, and they have very much lots of sexy time, mostly due to Tim not feeling comfortable with how things went and going back in time and doing it again. Um, I think three or four times maybe they did it. Um, we get another passage of time montage, uh, very nicely done, to show their new life together. Uh, it, it revolves around a subway station where there's a, a, a little busker band playing 
um, the song How Long Will I Love You by Mike Scott. It's a great, it's a great rendition of that song. It really is. Um, I should have the guys' names that are playing it. And it's funny, I saw another piece of trivia that there's a law in London that only a single person can busk in the subway. So that's it's not legal what they're doing. <laughs> like they couldn't have three guys down there playing because it's against the rules of busking in in, in London. Um, but we see them coming and going to and from work and, and the trains. So we know there's, again, there's another passage of time. We see Tim carrying, you know, move-in items so that they're moving in together and, you know, their their life together is started and, and they are, are um, you know, they're together. Um, this leads to a, a weird plot hole that I kind of figured, but um, we'll get to that in a minute. I think my understanding is it's about two years, three years that they're together, I think, if I do the math right, but I'm, it's like three, then three, then two. Yeah, it's about three years. Um, so this, after this montage, brings us, guess what, folks, to another clip. Let's roll it. Yeah. Clippy, clippy, clippy. Okay. I have some bad news. You're dying. No, not that bad. I'm dying? No, my parents are in town. They're visiting and they're coming around. Oh God, parents, American parents. Mm -hmm. When? Now. Yeah, they told me and I didn't tell you and I thought they'd cancel because they normally do and they didn't. Now, now? Now, now, now. So you should probably put on some pants. Oh, oh God, okay, okay. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, do, do, do they know I exist? Uh, yeah, I've mentioned something like you, but nothing very specific. Um, oh, yeah, and they're quite conservative, so maybe not those pants. Oh. Okay, yeah, uh, oh, oh, God, okay. Um, just, you just, um, stole them, stole them. Okay, um, do, do I live here? Uh, definitely not. Okay, um, are we having sex? Uh, it... yeah, but not oral. I wasn't going to mention oral. Okay, good, don't. <laughs> How did you think that was going to come up? Could you help me with this, please? I don't know. It, if it does, just deny it completely. But who's going to bring it up? Your dad, Tim, had any cunnilingus with my daughter recently? Well, you never know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. And there. Yeah. Oh, they are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Dad. Mom. Hi, honey. Oh, uh, this is Tim. Hello, sir. Ma'am. Hi. Well, should we uh, come back when you haven't got any company? Or? Oh, well, that would be uh, quite difficult because Tim actually uh, lives here. Really? With you? Yes. Yeah, but no oral sex, I promise you. I beg your pardon. Excuse me. <laughs> it's so good. I love the air raid siren. Yeah. <laughs> as, he's, as he goes to take care of business, he realizes he might have slipped a little bit there. So uh, they do have dinner with the parents. Um, Mary does all the talking. At one point, Mary's mom even says, does Tim ever talk for himself? And... <laughs> He barely gets a word in edgewise, but it all comes down to the fact that, that, um, you know, Mary admits that they're living together and that she loves Tim. Um, and that's the bottom line. So, um, 
here's my plot hole that doesn't make sense to me. The next scene, um, wait a minute. No, crap, sorry. Not there yet. Forget the plot hole. It hasn't happened yet. Um, that night. Your plot after, hole is ironic. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, that night, uh, Tim mentions that he's got tickets to the theater for the, the next night, and Mary is like, she wants nothing to do with the theater. She's no take some take somebody else. So, the next night, Tim and Rory head out for for a night at the theater. Um, and when the show is over, Tim spots the first love of his life, Charlotte. Um, he attempts a couple of times through his time travel powers to strike up a conversation, but it just goes badly both times. Um, he gives up on the idea of trying to you know trying to have a conversation with her. Uh, but when they're leaving, this time she spots him. Um, and she's immediately, you can tell, interested. Uh, she tells her friend to basically go away and says, why don't they go get dinner? They have dinner. Um, she's flirting very heavily with them. She asked him to uh, come back to her apartment with them. Um, he walks her to her apartment, but he he's very hesitant. He's very awkward. And then, you know, obviously, without even going inside, he, he says, no, I've got to go. Because um, he realizes what he has to do. Um, because it's time and, uh, oh my God, we got another clip. <laughs> oh no. Wake up. Mm. Wake up. What? Mary. Mm. Would you like to marry? Shh, don't be so selfish. I'm sleeping. It's bad. Oh, right. That went very well. Wake up. Hmm? Wake up. Come and have a chat. Hi. I've got something important to ask you. Uh, can it wait till morning? Not really. But I'm so comfy. It's having a, the loveliest dream. What is it? Why is there music on? It's got something to do with what I want to ask you. Wait a minute. Romantic music. Guy with important question. Are you on your knees? On his knees. Hmm. Were you so bored in the play you decided to ask me to marry you afterwards? Huh? Something like that. Exactly that. In fact, will you marry me? Any thoughts on the answer? Yes, no, get out of my life, loser, they're all possible. I think I'll go for... Yes. Thank you for asking me. And thank you for not going for one of those melodramatic proposals with lots of people around. I hate other people. Me too. Yeah. I'm just going to turn off the radio. Okay. 
there we go. You know, in that situation, he could have handled that by going back in time and not having them there and redoing the proposal, but he didn't do it because the proposal worked. And he did have people in the other room. He had the band playing music instead of the radio, and he had Rory there. And she mentioned she didn't like that shit, and he got rid of him. Uh, but yes, yeah, how about Marion. going back and not going on a date with the other girl? Well, th- that this was an important moment in the movie for me because I had that fear up on the first watch of that he's going to fuck up the best thing in his life by, you know, yes. making a mistake here. And I was really happy that they swerved with it and that, you know, at the moment that she's inviting him into the apartment in a very, very, you know, suggestive way, like, oh, it's better inside, you know, Mm -hmm. that's that's the light bulb moment where he was like, no, fuck this. Like, I'm I'm completely content with where my life is going with this person I'm in love with. And um, they could have done a different thing there and and it would have been pretty troubling and it would have. Put me more on your side of the fence, Joe. Yes. But, but but they did not. He should have not went on the date in the first place. He should have been like, "No, I'm going home." And then like, no, my, see, my girl's still awake, and I can right. actually, you know, propose to her. She's not asleep in the middle of the night like a weirdo. But okay. he's already. Why is that weird? Yeah, Nobody why is the, that weird. The way anybody proposes is not weird to anyone because it's the way they proposed, and she said yes. So it's there's nothing. I, I really weird hope about Doug's it. my lawyer when I do some horrible shit and I'm in court because he, nope. the way he's defending this, he can defend me. Exactly. But he there's would. nothing, nobody's proposal to anyone can ever be weird. You're like, Your yeah. Honor, all Joe wanted was a piece of artwork. It didn't need to be this way. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it was just art. All it is is art. You got to like understand the context that it's yeah. art. So it doesn't, it's, it's not horrible because yeah. it's art. You know, it's it's all about the cheese, Your Honor. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but it's no, a love me, story. Look, there's a mouse that works with another mouse. She knows that he loves her, but he doesn't know that. So she has to tempt him with cheese. There it is. But no, this was this was a very human moment for me yes. in the movie because you know, a lot of times when things are going well in your life, you have no reason to doubt that, but you still do because that's human error. That's just like our mm-hmm. shitty nature. Like you do wonder about the what ifs in your life. Um, right. you know, even when it comes to shit like that. So that was a very relatable thing that they did where it's, you know, you think about past loves of your life and what you know how things would have played out had you stayed with that person or whatever and and you know this was like a central figure in this dude's coming of age yeah and it was and I very think that, I, I agree with you 100 percent. and i think that this was a very endgame rat on the button moment in that he tried twice to have the conversation with her because he we we already know that tim's a reactionary person he he he, he acts before he thinks right so he tried twice, but then he caught himself and realized, no, this isn't worth it. But time fucked with him and had her see him. Yeah. So that's another theme of this movie with the whole time travel thing is that you're not controlling time. Time is still controlling you. Time still controls your life. Even if you have this power, you're not in control. And that's, the, that's one of the themes of the movie in that just let it happen. Live your life. And just go with that. So in any case, Mary says yes. Um, it's a great moment. I was very excited when that happened. We knew she would because they love each other. Here is my um, my my confusion with the plot. The very next scene, Tim and Mary head to Cornwall to visit Tim's family. And this is the first time they're meeting Mary. 
they've been together for a couple of years at least, if not three years, and they've never met the family. It's just kind of weird to me. Now, I understand that that up until her parents showed up the night before, the day before, she hadn't mentioned him to them either. So I guess within that context, it makes sense. But Tim is much more open with his family. Kit Kat knew she existed, but the family didn't. Mom and dad didn't, and Uncle Desmond didn't. So just, it, it, it's whatever. It does something. I like to think that Desmond did know. <laughs> you know what? That's a really <laughs> yeah, cool that's... idea. No, you know what? I dig that. I fucking dig that because if anybody would know, you're right, Joe, it would yeah. be Uncle Desmond. Yeah. Because his mind's on other things. He's on a different plane of existence. I dig that a lot, man. Yeah. That just took, that just removed any like questions I had about that. I love that. That's the way <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go. Home you're first. welcome. I appreciate that. I had to make sure yeah. you thought this movie was perfect. <laughs> well there you go you just help me so uh so yes yeah, so they come up mary mary meets uh tim's mom first and gets a very loving third degree from her it's it's kind of, it's it's very fun to, to listen to uh tim and his dad are in the in the, the the fun room they're playing some table tennis tim starts going through some you know records there he finds one of their shared favorites uh by <laughs> Artist Jimmy Fontana. It's called El Mondo. Um, you know, his dad classified as the you know the greatest recording by an Italian that looks like he's got a dead battery on his head. Yeah. And he does. The album looks exactly like he's got a fucking dead battery on his head. And it, it it's a it's a fun song. Um and, and and it's one of Tim's and his dad's favorites. Um they they have a you know, they talk about how great Mary is. Um Tim's dad knows that she's the one. There's no question about it. Um they all sit down to dinner. Uh, before they sit down to dinner, Tim goes upstairs and he bumps into Kit Kat. He didn't know she was home. And we learn yet again that she lost yet another job. So, you know, Kit Kat's a mess. We can see it. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And that'll come into play later. Uh, we've got another clip. We're going to roll. Let's do it. Right. Sorry. Um, sorry. I, I've got an important announcement to make. Exciting. Mm. <clears throat> We've decided, after a little bit of thought, to get married. Who are you getting married to? <laughs> to Mary. Over there. Oh, thank yeah. God for that. <laughs> Jolly embarrassing if it had been another girl. Imagine that. <laughs> oh, oh no, sorry. Um yeah, uh, by the way, the wedding will be quite soon. Uh, because we're having a baby too. You're pregnant. Yeah. Oh. Who's the father? Oh, oh. little Tim, I hope. <laughs> oh, thank God for that. John York could have been another fella. <laughs> <laughs> He's just I, taking I mean, the piss. Right? It's so great. I mean, it, that that clip is obviously important to the to the plot but i also pulled it just because that's uncle desmond at his best that is that is uncle desmond having other things on his mind but just being Uncle desmond he's the most charming wonderful character in a in, in a movie like he's just he's so great so uh so yeah so they are getting married and uh mary is pregnant so uh they are now back in london uh mary bribes tim with her version of strip poker saying she'll take off one piece of clothing for every wedding decision that they make as far as the venue and the priest and, and the best man and all that stuff. They go through the list. Um, they make all the decisions. And uh, Tim's one issue is is deciding on who his best man should be. 
um, he's flip flopping between Jay and his dad and, and Rory and, and Harry, and he settles on Rory. Um, so, uh, the wedding day arrives, um, they're in the church waiting for Mary to make her entrance. And all of a sudden, Il Mondo starts playing, um, Tim looks at his dad. His dad's like, it's not me. And Tim's like, it's not me. And Mary surprised everyone by playing, by entering the church while Imando by Jimmy Fontana's playing. Um, it's a silly touch, but um, Mary's wearing a red dress because she's pregnant and she's not going to wear a white dress, even though it's her first wedding. You know, it's just a little thing that sort of, you know, lends itself to the, the theme of this movie. It's pretty cool. So when they exit the church, they are greeted by a storm of epic proportions, torrential rain, wind. Um, the guests are getting blown over. Uh, they're all under a reception tent, which then rips and collapses. So everybody gets soaked. They yeah, I had a problem house. with this too. This was like a little too much. Like they went overboard with this. They could have like made it a rainstorm, but they had to like make it cartoonish. I just expect you to hear It's a love story. That's why, Joe. But it was and, and too much. Second. It was some Joe, fucking Benny Hill shit going on there. This is both strike two for Doug and also be aware of this because you just made that comment. <laughs> so not only was that my wedding song, but after our wedding reception, it was the worst torrential storm yep. in all of fucking New Jersey. So there were so many. Uh, this movie is my star-crossed lover, Joe. Like, yep. there were so many connections I made with it. And it was such a comically heavy storm, lightning and wind. Right, right. It, and they it, treated it with that. They treated it know, like that. I'm going to pull that scene, the, just the video, and put the Benny Hill song under it. <laughs> just so you can, There you go. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm going to do disagree. that. I'm going to put that on, on the Facebook page Wait. just so I can see <laughs> Richard Curtis did treat that with comic reverence. I, 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 yeah, have, sure. I have to say that he did. And while I did, we didn't have a storm, it was raining hard when our reception was over and we, we got to the limo to, to head to the hotel. So we sort of dealt with that too. Not on your proportions, Eric, but you know, <laughs> so yeah, it means something to us too. Uh, so they all head into the house. Um, Rory's best man speech goes about as well as we would expect Rory's best man speech to go. Uh, he fumbles through it. He fucks up. So Tim uses his, uh, his powers. He travels back and he tr first tries Harry and that goes just as well as he thought. He tries Jay and that goes even better. Um, and then he finally settles, settles haha, on his dad and it's flawless. Dad nails the speech. Uh, the second time around, <laughs> is it, is it really? Because then his, his dad, dad wasn't happy with his first time. Tim was fine with it, but his dad wasn't happy because he didn't say that he loved him. Now, what's the uh, chances that like his dad and him are fucking each other up by going back in time and like doing things that fuck each other up? <laughs> in Joe's version, I get it. I it probably happened. That, yes, and it would be funny. Yeah, yeah that's what I want. Um, I want this to be a funny movie. But his dad, his dad, more calm, was less absolutely wrong. beautiful. His dad's speech was absolutely beautiful. Um, it was, it was, you know, it's what I wish I could. I said, I mean, I did, I did pretty good with the father of the groom speech at John's wedding. I did pretty damn good. I had a good one and it teared people up, but it wasn't this. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we get, uh, just again, another, another example of a passage of time. Um, it's after the wedding now, and we're going to play another clip. Another clip. 
Do you wish we'd picked another less wet day? No. No. Not for the world. Phew. <laughs> and so it begins. Lots and lots of types of days. Fun. for what happens when you have a child. When you see the baby in your arms and you know that it's your job now. No one can prepare you for the love and the fear. Oh, she's lovely. You were such an ugly baby. More chimpanzee than child. I remember the first time I saw you, I thank God we were in driving distance of London Zoo. <laughs> Hand over the little bugger. Let's see if she bounces. Oh, are, are we no, sure? she definitely will bounce. Oh, look. <laughs> she can do anything. No. <laughs> no one can prepare you for the love people you love can feel for them. That's quite, quite incredible. You've just slain your master. And nothing can prepare you for the indifference of friends who don't have babies. Do you want to No, 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 thanks. It's fine. It's great. And it's a shock how quickly you have to move to a new place you completely can't afford. Look what we found. Look who it is. Honey. Sorry. Suddenly, time travel seems almost unnecessary because every detail of life is so delightful. Mm. Yep. So they are settling into their new life. Um, again, more time passage. It's now Posey's first birthday. I love that name, by the way. Um, too late. I'm not having any more kids, so I can't name any of them Posey. But I might drop a hint to one of my other kids if they have a kid. Yeah, yeah, that's the move. You know, uh, it's Posey's first birthday. Um, they're all having fun, but they notice the Kit Kat is late. She's supposed to be there, and she's not. Um, they get a knock at the door. They think it's her. Tim goes to answer, and it's not her, it's Jimmy, uh, which makes Tim immediately realize that there's something has happened to Kit Kat. Uh, Tim, Jimmy explains they had an argument. She drank some. Uh, she left on her own in the car. So um, it, when, he, when he, he reveals this to Tim, we see a shot of uh, Kit Kat slamming her car into another car because she's not paying attention. Um, Tim jumps back in time immediately. Again, reactionary at this point. His only goal is to save Kit Kat. Um, he jumps back uh, to right before the accident or before the accident, and he picks her up from her house. Um, so she arrives safely. She's very drunk uh, and depressed. Um, after the party, while Tim and Mary are talking, Tim realizes that he needs to go even further to make this right and and help Kit Kat. So... Um, Without thinking things through, he jumps all the way back. Um, he Well, he realizes, sorry, that he's got to go way back so that Kit Kat never meets Jimmy. Um, a little while later, they uh, Tim and Kit Kat are in Cornwall with the family, and he's having a conversation with her. 
um, leading up to what he's about to do. So we've got another clip. This one's not that long. <laughs> My darling, what's happened? You're the best person in the world. You're top equal with my wife. I don't get it. Maybe, just maybe, I'm the faller. Every family has, like, someone who falls, who, who doesn't make the grade, who stumbles, who life trips up. Maybe I'm our faller. secret and you have to promise to keep it we've always kept secrets we have mm. you promise you won't ever 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 tell yes i can travel in time So it's the only person he ever shares the secret with is, is his sister. She means more to him, as he said, than pretty much anybody. Um, that little clip hits home for me because that whole faller thing, I felt that way about myself for a very long time until I got started trying to get my shit together. Like I, I thought that about me. So it, it sort of, it gets me when I, when I hear that. Um, so he tells her the secret and this is when he takes her and they jump back to that fateful New Year's Eve party. Um, I, when she, when they appear in the cupboard and she's wearing the clothes and she goes, you bring me back to the worst night of my life. Oh my assing God. They use assing a lot. Yeah. There's like a, somebody else who says that too. And I like, I like that use of the word. It's <laughs> oh very good. Assing God. Uh, so they head out to the party. And instead of Kit Kat meeting Jimmy, she sees Jimmy just pulling his moves on another girl at the party. Um, and that makes her realize that, you know, he's the shit. She uh, she walks up to him, not even knowing him now. She knows him, but he doesn't know her. And she slugs the shit out of him. Yeah. She, just, she decks him cold and it's the best thing ever. Um, so they head back to the cupboard. And when they jump, um, and they get back to the present, Kit Kat realizes that everything's different and that she's been with Jay, of all people. Um, and she's happy, and they're happy. And it's, for her, you can see the best feeling ever, that her life is fixed. And and for Tim, it's the best feeling ever because his <coughs> her life is fixed, which means his, his life is fixed. So uh, the next day, he heads home on the train, and he um, he arrives home and, and Mary asks him to feed Posey and he runs down the stairs to see his favorite person ever. And he finds out that Posey doesn't exist anymore. It's a little boy. It's boy Posey who he has no it's idea. It's a poser. <laughs> poser. Exactly. Ah, there you go. I like that too. Um, it's, it's a boy and he is baffled and confused and pissed and every emotion under the sun. Cause his little girl is now gone. Um, he immediately heads back and needs to talk to his dad about this. So we've got another clip, and this one's not long. Yet. Yeah, it's another nice short one. Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. I can't go back past the birth again, can I? No, I should have mentioned that. You're okay till it comes out. But the exact sperm at the exact moment got you this particular baby. So if you do anything the tiniest bit different, you'll, you'll have a different child. So every day up till yesterday is as it will always be, lost. Just like for everyone else. Okay, interesting. So he told me his secret. Yeah, I, I would definitely use that shit against my kids. Every time they did some fucked up shit, I'd be like, guess what? I can erase you and make you into someone else. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, so I, I dig the way they did this. I dig the way they did it because you don't even have to go back to before the baby was conceived because until the baby comes out, you don't know who the baby is. Right. It's so, Schrodinger's cat. So yeah. it's like, yeah, exactly. You The baby doesn't exist in any form. So if the baby was the boy Posey, he would have loved the baby from the day it was born and in every, the life would have went on. But so that's, that's quote, all you have to worry about. It's a lot to worry about when you have that power, but that's what it is. You, you know, baby comes out. Then if you want that baby, you can't go back before yeah. that because it fucks everything up. So um, I had a laugh just like the baby came out black. <laughs> Literally the one black dude in the movie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so um, we see uh, the scene of Kit Kat having the accident again because Tim has now corrected that and realized that if they're going to help Kit Kat, and this again is a theme of the movie, the time travel doesn't fix anything. Just hard work fixes these things. Doing the work fixes these things or doesn't fix them. And which means they can't be fixed. We see her have the accident again. Um, she's in the hospital. Tim and Mary stay with her at the hospital to help her fix things. They tell her they're not leaving till they figure this out. Um, after some time, Kit Kat realizes that, and she she vocalizes. She says out loud, "She's got to. She need. She knows she needs to leave Jimmy forever. She needs to stop drinking. She needs to stop leaving jobs, and she needs to date nice guys, which seems to be the biggest problem for her." They recommend Matt Damon. He's apparently a nice guy guy um but they realize that she's on the right track so they're, they're they're ready to leave and and tim based on quote history <laughs> just plants the seed of how about jay you know and kick hat's not opposed to this because again i think this also goes to the theme that it's all this cosmic thing you know in her heart somewhere in the back of her consciousness even though she hasn't experienced jay now in this version of the future or the present jay is her guy and they they they're destined to be together forever and you know it's just it's part of the theme so um when they arrive back home uh they start talking and they talk about having another baby the second second baby um we get another quick passage of time um because next we see a three-year-old posy at this point it's two years later now a three-year-old Posey and a newborn Jeff or Jeffrey. Okay. Um, so the next scene now, uh, Tim is helping Mary decide on a dress to wear for a company function she's got coming up. It's a very funny scene, um, which leads to a not funny scene. While this is happening, um, Posey destroys a manuscript that Mary has been working on. Um, she <laughs> 
even that's funny where he says she uses the shredder. He goes, well, I'm just impressed that she was able to use this machine. I didn't know she knew how to use that. Um, you know, luckily she didn't chew her fingers off. But uh, while they're arguing, because Mary is livid. This is the most angry we've seen. This is the, when, when she's getting the third degree and she mentions to, to Tim's mom about her temper, this is that temper. We've never seen her this angry because this is her work. They get a call. Um, they don't answer it. And then the phone rings again and they find out it is Tim's mom calling and she's got very bad. news. I'm sorry. Now this will get me. Mother yeah, God. this was this. I've been doing so good and this is going to get me from this point on. It was, it almost, yes. it almost got me. Like I was sitting there like really, Oh, it's going to get me. Then I realized Desmond was okay. And I was like, fuck, we're good. There you go. Right? <laughs> I thought it was Desmond. I was like, please tell me he's not Desmond. <laughs> like maybe that's why okay. I'll cry. If Desmond dies. So the, the family heads to Cornwall, and this is where we learn that uh, Tim's dad has cancer. Um, and his mom's lying. I'm so uninterested in a life without your father. Mm. Oh, fuck, here we go now. Um, so Tim's dad explains to Tim that even time travel can't save him. He can't go back because it was most likely to smoking. And if he goes back that far, the kids don't exist, blah, blah, blah. We already know how that works. Um, and we find that he's only got weeks to live. Um, and this is the longest clip I will play for you. It's four minutes, almost five minutes long, but it it's, I, I labeled it another secret. We, there's a lot of secrets in this movie that we, we, we come to learn, but this is the secret to time travel and the secret to life. Um, and, and it really hits home for me. So roll it, Joe. And so he told me his secret formula for happiness. Part one of the two-part plan was that I should just get on with ordinary life, living it day by day like anyone else. This is the statement was revised for that paragraph there. I highlighted. From the Statue of Jigsaw's Rupert, Rupert, is that the best you can do? No, no, but absolutely not. We can change that. Item number two. On the defendant John Welbeck guilty or not guilty of fraud? Not guilty. And that is the verdict of you all? Yes. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank God. Let the defendant be discharged. Be upstanding in court. of dad's plan he told me to live every day again almost exactly the same the first time with all the tensions and worries that stop us noticing how sweet the world can be but the second time noticing okay dad let's give it a go
So not such a bad day after all. No, it's pretty good, really. Very good day, actually, if it turns out. Well, that's a relief. Because if it had been a very bad day, I thought I might have had to have had sex with you to make up for it. Good night. Mm. It was a very, very bad day. It went very, very badly. I, I, I got fired from my job. And then I killed a man. That is a very bad day. It's terrible. Yeah. The worst day ever. I'm so sorry. Some days, of course, though, you only want to go through once. Yeah. So the end of that clip brings us to the passing of Tim's dad. Um, they head back to Cornwall for, as Harry puts it, the hateful day. Um, there's no other way to put it. Uh, Tim takes a quick jump back to visit his father. Um, they do some small talk, and, and Dad reads some Dickens to him. Um, you know, and he, he his his dad knows something's up, and Tim lets him know this is the day. Um, he makes a joke about, you know, how's our Uncle Desmond dressed? Of course, impeccable. And he brings up making sure that they play the Nick Cave album, uh, the Nick the Nick Cave record. And this this is the movie that turned me on to Nick Cave because you want to talk about a friggin' generational talent and and lyricist that that guy the shit he writes is just otherworldly um, and this is the this movie turned me on to him. Uh, so he heads back. Tim heads back to the present and they say their goodbyes to dad. Um, we have our second to last clip because we're almost done with this thing. Also, um, for some reason, I felt like the movie could have ended here. Then I felt like the movie could end it after the next clip. And then I'm like, is this movie ever going to fucking end? It just felt like it was just, they just kept going and kept going and kept going. <laughs> like the movie ended exactly where it was supposed they to. They could have ended at any of these places. Though no, would have been fine. absolutely not. 100% yeah. no. 100% no, because it doesn't drive the message home. If you don't get the message, you're not going to know when it's See, I don't like my movies yelling messages at me. 
Well, that's you. I love movies that y'all message at me because I learn from it. Yeah, I mean, so you need to be told um, how to behave by a movie. Right. That's that's exactly being told how to behave. Yeah. Let me let me say this, man. That last clip fucking ruined me. Yeah. Um, I I started doing this thing where I was taking a lot in my life for granted as we all do as the years mm-hmm. go on and as life just, you know, the monotony of all your day-to-day shit. So I, for years and years, I've done this thing and it sounds silly. It sounds kind of stupid when you say it out loud, but I will literally close my eyes and imagine that I'm a younger version of myself. And when I open my eyes, I get to see what I'm seeing now from the perspective of like this kid. Who's never seen right. this house before, never seen this fucking weird furniture before, never seen this old face and this gray beard before, never right. seen my kids or my wife before. And I try mm-hmm. to take it in from that perspective because it it shakes me loose out of that that rut of like, you know, being just yes. a, a grumpy shithead, you know? Yeah. And it That's really makes me it. appreciate everything. And that's all this dude was talking about in this yep. clip. So it fucking it it was a gut punch. I mean, a lot of things in this movie were fucking gut yeah. punch, but that's one of the big reasons why it made my Mount Rushmore now because it it it's so deeply connected with it in that way. Oh, I can see that. You're right. Maybe that's exactly what this is about. The fact that I just go through every day enjoying everything and never really fucking have those problems is why I don't give a shit about this because I don't I already do that. Like this movie isn't telling me some shit I don't know. I already just go out and live my life to the best and do what I want, say what I want, and not worry about nothing. Listen, okay. we all strive to be more like Joe in our lives. It's I don't all, know. Maybe yeah. that, maybe I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out why like it doesn't connect at all with me. Uh, like I'm, there's gotta be a reason. <laughs> it just it does not it just to me it's just okay this is some it's not your bag weird manipulative dude like even like the sex thing she's like okay good he's like oh no no wait my, my day was like he can't fucking go right, through a day without manipulating a normal human would never try that with the wife jokingly and sarcastically uh, just to I'm get just sex. Nope, saying never happens. like never the happens. least of which rachel mcadams i know yeah i mean because <laughs> she wasn't being sarcastic at all when she said you know oh i would have had to have sex with you if you had a bad day yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. He was the one who manipulated him into having sex, actually, Joe. Yeah. Well, yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Did. She's, she's. Yep. She made him beg for it. So maybe, but that I just, was on her. I just don't like this fucking cheesy ass. Her. Like, <laughs> well, that's well. See, there you go. That sums it up. You don't like this cheesy ass shit. Pretty much. Eric, yeah. Same I thing do. with that thing that's you do. Difference, which I fucking that's hate. The- that stupid cheesy fucking movie too. Which movie? That thing you do that you guys seem to fucking love. Yeah. It's so fucking cheesy. cheesy. Like, it's not you real. Don't like cheese. None of you this is real. Like cheese. You don't oh, like I cheese. Oh, I love the life, cheese. <laughs> the life lessons in this movie are more real than anything you'll ever fucking hear. But they're not. But that's okay. But they are. They absolutely are. You take, you, you, you're co hosting a show with somebody who didn't even know this movie existed, yet it does exactly what this scene we just listened to does to make yeah. his life better. So you can't tell me this doesn't have life lessons worth learning. I need to figure out why for it doesn't resonate to me. Well, I, that's between you and your therapist, Joe. I can't help you there. The rapist. I'm working on myself. <laughs> I got no time to fix anybody else right now. Fuck the rest of the world. <laughs> I'm fixing myself. I'm just it's trying to time. figure out why I, I can't connect to this because I just All right. can't. All right. I, I, I tried. I, I just can't. You know what that tells me, though? That tells me that this movie 
does get you on some fucking subatomic level because the fact that you're trying to figure out why you don't get it. Oh, no, I'm trying to for you guys because I'm actually getting it. I'm trying to for you guys. I'm like, how are they getting some shit out of this that I'm not getting? I and what I'm saying, Joe, is the fact that you're questioning this. It's it's always that's always the first step. You're questioning why. That's true. That's true. Maybe we're going to make you change. Mm. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. I'll be like 90. Slow. And you know what? This is my fucking reason for living to 100 is to see you change, buddy. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> okay? That's I'm going to work on your ass every day for the next 30 fucking years till I'm 90, and we'll get you, buddy. All we'll right. Get you. I'm, I'm we'll down. We'll bring you along. I'll, you uh, can keep trying. One cool thing that I'm not sure I couldn't find any information of whether it was just a misspeak by the actor or this is part of the plot. The first time he goes to the, to the, the takeaway place, he was charged $4.25, and the second time it was $6 and change. Butterfly six effect. Six pounds and change. So did he order something different, or did she just, the actor just misspeak? Who knows, but. It's the butter, butterfly effect. He went back in time, and he created a shipping shortage of a certain material or something, and then all yeah. of a sudden now the price of milk is higher, which then, yep. you know, led to COVID. Or, it's, this, it's this kid's fault we had COVID, by the way. Or he just ordered a cookie this time. Yeah, yeah. He, had a little, he, had a little, he ordered a sandwich and a cookie well, the second yeah, a little time sweet around. With he was the salty. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, they say their goodbyes to dad. Uh, he's gone now. And we got one more clip. Well, we got two more clips. So, all right, this one and then one more. So we'll roll the next clip. Just like the movie, it never ends. Yep. What do you think about the kids? What about What? Well, I mean, two. There's more than the Chinese around. I just thought that maybe, you know, it was time for the insurance baby. What? In case one of them is really smart, we don't want the other one to feel stupid their whole life. And if we had a third one, then we could have two happy dummies. What do you think? It was the toughest decision of my life. Saying yes to the future meant saying goodbye to my dad forever. Why don't we wait a bit? Absolutely. You're right. Yeah. How about now? Or now? Now? Yeah. Okay. Really? Dad always wishes there would be more of us. So. Anyway, we might we might try and nothing happens. Exactly. So, yeah, it's the most important decision in Tim's life because he has to say goodbye to his dad now. Um, next scene, the baby's due. Um, so Tim takes his time to make one last visit to dad where she has the news of the impending birth. Um, dad has an idea for their last get-together that while 
breaking severely breaking the rules shouldn't hurt anything if they're careful and don't change anything. So um, this scene fucked me. <laughs> mm. um, Tim and his dad go into the cupboard together and they go back in time to when Tim was a kid and they shared some time on the beach. They skipped rocks and they talked and um, it's a tough one to watch, but it's so beautiful. Um, and um, yeah, they just, it's the perfect end to their life together. One last time on the beach as a kid. That's uh, the director and writer Richard Curtis's kid playing a young Tim in that scene. Um, yeah, so it's, it was just, it was just, it was just wish fulfillment, man. It was beautifully done. That's yeah. yeah. what everybody who experiences loss like that wishes they could yes. do is, is steal these moments back, you know? Yep. And uh, yeah, man, I, I my yeah. wife was holding me in her arms <laughs> trying to get through the last bit of this movie because it was just you know um when you when you experience loss like that um that's i mean some people deal with that in different ways but that's that's what you that's what you want you want a chance to say the things you didn't get to say and uh yeah it was it was really touching yeah yeah i mean this is the almost the one time in the whole movie that the time travel did exactly what it was meant to do yeah. You know, it didn't it didn't screw anything up. It, it, it he didn't have to do it multiple times, and it made it the last time he ever had to do it. So, uh, we've got the last clip. This clip is titled "End." <laughs> it is three minutes and forty five seconds long, but this is the end of the movie, and it sums everything up perfectly in my eyes. So. So I'm almost up to date with my story. As all families do, we got used to life after death, and it was still fine. And things settled back into their traditional rhythms, season after season, and are much as they have always been. And we've got used to Kit Kat being happy again. And then we got used to her being a mum, albeit not a very good or even safe one. And in the end, I think I've learned the final lesson from my travels in time. And I've even gone one step further than my father did. Mm. Oh. <sighs> okay, I'll do the kids. <sighs> no, don't worry. I'll do them. Yeah, you do them, you lazy bum. <laughs> the truth is, I now don't travel back at all, <laughs> not even for the day. I just try to live every day as if I've deliberately come back to this one day, to enjoy it, as if it was the full final day of my extraordinary, ordinary life. I don't get many things right the first time. In fact, I am told that a Hello, you're down already. That's great. Thank you so much for that. And in the game.
all traveling through time together, every day of our lives. All we can do is do our best to relish this remarkable ride. Sorry, Eric. I was trying to make well, you smile. <laughs> I let that. I let that song. I. I yeah. I was trying to make you laugh. I know. I appreciated the uh, the move where you use your tongue on the yeah, side yeah. of your cheek to make it look like there's a dick in your mouth, <laughs> and uh, you rubbing your titties was, you know. Yeah, oh, I was, it was just trying my hardest. It was a noble, noble, noble effort, man. <laughs> Gotta I get you through it somehow. Yeah. <sighs> um, I'm good. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's about time. Um, yeah, know, it is about it, it time. It ends this with movie the song. Ended. It 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 ends with the song and and just people. It's very cool because Richard Curtis does this a lot with his movies. And like with Love Actually, at the end of the movie, he intersplices scenes of the characters in the movie with real life people, just living their lives, and it's it's very beautiful. And the whole thing where he brings Posey to school and she's just waving at him again and again. It's just it's beautiful. There's nothing else, no other way to describe it. It's a beautiful fucking movie. Um, so that's about time, you know, and, uh, wow. Even with all my clips, we got this done pretty quickly. I'm, it's about I'm an hour happy. and 40 minutes. Yeah. I'm happy. Doing good. Yeah. Actually, yeah I'm sorry. So two hours, 40 minutes. <laughs> that said. Um, I am a movie critic by trade. And until recently, I got paid to tell you people which movies merely stink and which ones you shouldn't screen near an open flame. Well, I'm putting the burden of lousy movies back on you. It's very simple. If you stop going to bad movies, they'll stop making bad movies. If the movie used to be a TV show, just don't go. After Roman numeral two, give it a rest. If it's a remake of a classic, rent the classic. Tell them you want stories about people, not a hundred million dollars of stunts and explosives. People, it's up to you. If the movie stinks, just don't go. If the movie stinks, just don't go. You love me. You really love me. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Are you not entertained? All right. I know someone who wasn't entertained. No. <laughs> and I'm going to start. I'm going to. We're going to start with him. Yeah. I know what you're doing. Joe. <laughs> you're, trying to, you're trying to adjust your score so my score doesn't fuck no, it. No, 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 no. I don't <laughs> care with it. Listen, this movie is too personal.
personal to me to care about the overall score. I don't give a fuck what you give it because I'm going to give it what I give it and it's not going to mean any more or less to me than it already does. This so. this falls into the category of movies that a lot of people probably haven't heard about. Um so it doesn't have like the the big like I'm not fighting the masses here on this. It's not like there's like a million people like this is the fucking greatest thing ever and I'm like fuck the Mandalorian. Um this isn't that situation. Uh, it's also falls into the category of movies that I just do not fucking connect with in any level whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard for me to like, uh, what do I mean? The soundtrack was great. I do like the piano riff running through it. Um, it's too many white people. <laughs> I don't know. It, well, I mean, it wasn't the greatest There's cinematography. The <laughs> they overdid some of the stuff. I mean, just, I don't know. Like to me, just, it, I get, that it could be a cool story in a movie. Like I think it would work better as a book to me than a movie. Honestly, I th- I'd probably like it more as a book if I'm being real. Um, but I don't know. just, it doesn't do anything for me at all. It's just kind of like a, it's, it's a determination to see if I can make it through this thing that I don't give a shit about. Okay. I'm trying to be as like blunt as possible because like, I know a lot of movies I can defend like, oh yeah, well this movie is a classic or this movie is like, they did this very well. Like to me, this just, it it fucking creeped me out with the guy. This is my opinions. Of course the dude creeped me the fuck out. I don't think like it was cool the way he did it. What he should have done is he should have went back and did the fucking date again. Then I'd have been okay with that. I don't need you to try to manipulate this girl because you have knowledge of her insider trading and shit. No, fuck that. That's not cool to me. It's not fucking cool. Like, I don't know. I just don't like what they did in this movie. Like, ah, it's not my thing. Um, sorry. I wish I did. I wish I felt it. I felt zero emotion for any of the fucking people. Also, because I didn't give a shit about any of them except for Desmond. Now, if Desmond died, I probably would have been upset. But that like really is the one character that could have like upset me because for me, like he felt. I felt like I connected with him in this movie because he's like, wait. So you're with her? Like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> like, the dude was like, he's like, I got a fucking great suit. I don't give a shit about any of the rest of y'all. <laughs> oh, wait, that dude loves me? Hell yeah. That was my that was my favorite line of the movie. Uh, when he's like, he's like, all I heard was he loves me. I'm fucking happy. <laughs> like, that line almost got me. But other than that, like, I did not give a fuck about this movie. Sorry, Doug. I mean, no, I hate I, being blunt, but I just, it's not, I, it, this is not a not, Joe movie. <laughs> you're not affecting me at all. It just uh, didn't work for you. I get it. So yeah. what'd you score? I'm going to go like, uh, it's not search and destroy bad levels because that movie hurt to watch. <laughs> um, I'll probably give it like a 2.5. Okay. That's cool. It's like a middle round. It's just, I, I just I'll never watch this again ever. Mm-hmm. Listen, we we know each other too well, and we've been doing this for too long for negative opinions of each other's, yeah. you know, liked stuff to to hurt our feelings anymore, or or to you know have an impact in that way. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just. It, listen, you guys didn't like sausage party. I I you know <laughs> right, exactly. which is I, I think I would. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's it really is fine. Um. I will say I fucking, as you heard, I loved the shit out of this movie. Never heard of it. Uh, never seen it before. Found it incredibly fucking moving. Um, you know, Joe being creeped out by the guy and, you know, the insider trading, that was a funny line. <laughs> but, you know, we have a movie where that stuff 
an, you know, it's Groundhog Day where this this man's intentions are so impure that he wants to use this knowledge little by little to chip away at these women so that he can bang them. Yeah, see, I like that better because he's being honest about it. He's being honest about it, but he his character is that of a bad person. Yes, and I, I think I connect better with bad people. Well, but Joe, <laughs> you do, but there are good people on, on this planet. They're, they yeah. do exist, Joe. Yeah, and they, they exist do. in greater numbers than the not good For people. some reason, I always look at them like, what are they hiding? No, he's, <laughs> listen, just, just accept, open up your heart, and accept the inherent goodness and purity of this movie. Look, the only two um, good people I know are sitting here on this podcast with me. Oh, and both of us to... love this movie. So yeah. that should tell you something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Jesus. What are you hiding? Let me see Jack off in your office. That's what I'm going to do, buddy. Yeah. Let me see those uh, neighbor of Spain skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I was uh, like, it's tremendously moved by this movie for a huge number of reasons, but, but just on its own merits, like aside from my own personal takeaways, it was really well directed, really well acted. Um, you know, the story moved at a pace that was really easy to follow. And even though it was a time travel movie, it was not bogged down by the mechanisms of the time travel. It didn't get confusing. Right. It didn't walk all over itself. It was just a tool to move the narrative. And, and I appreciated that. So all of that said, um, I'm very grateful to have discovered this, to have been provided this film by Doug. And um, I would give this movie a solid four out of five. Nice. Nice. I'm just typing it in. Sorry. All right. So, I mean, I think I've done a good job conveying what this movie means to me over the course of these two hours. So I don't even have to go into much depth about it. Um, I my score is appropriate. I you know for the way I've scored all the movies that I've I've brought to the table. So um, it is uh, my score is a four point four. I'm just going to leave it at that because I'm too fucking emotional. It's a four point four. <laughs> so yep. you got to do you got to do the Stanley Nuff said. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like I exactly. said, I'll stand by. I mean, I appreciate and respect you guys' opinions on it, but I'll stand by my. About time was what I said as soon as this ended. Nope. All right, it's fine. We get All right, it. we get. Yeah, we get. I understand. I yep. understand. I, I mean, I like that you guys like it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I, I saw you enjoying watching me cry over there. I was, just, I was trying so hard to make you smile, though. I was like, I was like, I can't let him down. I'm supposed to smiling on the inside. I, those were happy tears, man. That's a thing. Yes. Like, you know exactly. I mean, that, yeah, because that's that's your song. That's the song. Yeah. yeah. So. Yep. Oh yeah. man, uh, guys, I'm I am fucking emotionally exhausted. Are you emotional? <laughs> I sure am. We got some people to thank, and hopefully, I fixed his theme song so it doesn't blow your car speakers out. Mo, Mo, Mo Dewitt. All right, we're getting there. We're dialing it in. Um, show sponsor Mo Dewitt Dewitt Law. If you are injured on the go, just call Mo. If you have legal questions, just call Mo. Um, you know, if you want to understand the legal implications of jumping around through time and changing shit, I mean, maybe Mo. I don't know. Also, be sure to check out Mo's website, justcallmo.com. Go to the merch section and take a look at all the free or cheap items that Mo has. Kitschy stuff, um, really funny shit, stuff I've drawn, pajama pants with Mo's face on them. 
uh, just ridiculous shit, man. It's awesome. Again, MoDeWitt.com. Just call Mo. And we've got some more people to thank. These people are our patrons. They sign up on Patreon.com backslash MOTCU. And they give us money every month because they appreciate what we do. And I'm not saying that if you don't give us money every month, you don't appreciate what we do. If you're a listener, we appreciate you and we love you. But a buck a month, you can do it. These people do. So we're going to read that list of names. We're going to start off with founding member Hannah Christ. And we've got Peter Bianco from the Tone Jerks podcast, the Second Button podcast, and the Off the Rails podcast, Mr. Brian Gower. From the Just Surprise Me podcast that he co-hosts with Joe and myself. Uh, Mr. Will Lehu, he, he also has a new podcast that I really uh, recommend you check out called Sharing Maps. From the Like My Pedals podcast, the Texas State Boggle Champs podcast, and the Texas Size 10-4 podcast, Mr. Tony DeGraw. We've got next Mr. Michael McVeigh from the great state of Tennessee, uh, Mr. Adam El-Sayed, and Mr. Michael Van Zant. Oh, but last and definitely not least, we've got Mr. Huge Erection. Thank you, Mr. Erection. You just gave up and called him Hugh G. Erection. You're like, Hugh G. Erection. I get the joke. I know. Joke. I just, I just, I didn't even. I'm looking even for a Hugh Erection. I have no fucking energy to do it otherwise. I just <laughs> let it straight out. Huge Erection, baby. Mr. Erection. That's what he did. Yep. And uh, yeah, so again, yeah, Eric, you, you, can, you have the clip to roll? Yeah. I do indeed. Let's see if it works. Visit patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U to support the show, you cheapskate. There you go. From the mouths of babes. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, hopefully uh, everyone's refreshed their feeds over because uh, <laughs> if they oh, didn't, yeah, they're not true. getting this episode. <laughs> they're not. They're not. We're going to have to uh, yeah, hammer that point home on Facebook and all the places. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. By the way, that ten-year-old, the the babe from uh, the mouth, or the mm-hmm. babe, the, the mouth from the mouth, babe, mouth of babe, yeah. yes, um, she has her first health video at school this oh, week. No. Oh no! Oh no! So uh-huh. uh, yeah, we're we're uh, time traveling a little too fast for my fucking there comfort, but yeah. here we Listen, are, man. The most important thing you got to teach her is never go out with a Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, That's key. Don't go out. Or Jimmy never go out without a Jimmy. That's all I got. Cause as, as Eric said, just a couple minutes ago, I'm emotionally exhausted right now. Yeah. I got yeah. nothing left. I feel pretty good. <laughs> uh-huh. In on the next episode of masters of the cinematic universe. I don't know why I said it like that, but we're going back to Kingsman golden circle. Let's do it, Ooh. baby. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. Give you a backstage pass. <laughs> yes, you will. All right, guys. There's only one thing left for us to do on this episode of uh, Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and that is uh, lights. Camera. Fuck off. This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. 